Hey there, this is Lisa Atkins, and this is the 25. It's a bigger bite of goodness to wrap up the five and five on a particular topic for thriving in the modern world of work. I recently created a five and five on using your values, and I quickly realized that many people like that idea, but don't truly know what their values are. Or they know them, but haven't investigated them lately to make sure they truly serve their current work life. Knowing your values and enacting them is a stepping stone into the modern world of work. In the book Lead Together, which has an entire chapter devoted to values, principles, and aspirations, I got reminded of our history that's not so much in the rearview mirror for everyone yet. In traditional organizations, the articulation of what's important comes from the top, and you're simply told what the values are by the boss and what to value. Usually that person is someone with more power than you, a manager, a product owner, an executive. More often though, the values are not explicit and you just have a vague sense of what values are okay and what are not. And you try really, really hard to guess what the person in power means and wants. What a waste of energy for all of us. How about this instead? How about if everyone gets good at knowing their personal values and knowing the values we're going for in the products and services we're building and knowing the explicitly stated and better yet actually lived values of the organization? And how about if all of those were complementary in a really powerful way that has workflow easily and has creativity abound? Sounds good? Well, then, let's start at the very beginning with you being able to detect your values. First of all, let's take a step back. What are values? Here's a pretty good take from the Lead Together book. The authors say, values are alive in each of us and our teams, whether we identify and verbalize them or not. Values reflect our beliefs and motivations, and they are relative to each person, not universally held. They provide the frame for how we interpret and interact with the world, what's important, what's possible, what's dangerous. In a nutshell, Values are pointers to something resonant for you. They express the essence. The words we use to describe them are merely the arrows that point to the resonant essence. In this way, values serve as a tuning fork to tell you when your life and work is resonant, which, by the way, is usually when your values are deeply honored. As I offer you five different ways to detect your values, I want to make this really clear. This isn't about adopting a dictionary definition or someone else's definition. It's about creating a resonant definition for yourself. And since values are relative to each person, not universally held, it's useful to remember that your definition is just as valid as the next person's definition. Just ask two people who hold the value of trust, for example, to dig a little deeper into what they find essential and resonant about trust, and you will likely hear two very different things. And this is okay. Your values are about you, no one else. Okay, 
So on to the first way. Get a level set on what your values are right now by taking an assessment. The fastest and most informative one I know about is the Personal Values Assessment from the Barrett Values Center. The link will be in the show notes below. This is an amazing assessment. There is one question you'll have to ask. It will take no longer than five minutes and you will get so much information back it will make your head spin. This assessment has been really informative for me and for the people I work with when I've suggested they take it. So get on out there, go to the Personal Values Assessment from the Barrett Values Center, and let's start by you getting your level set on what your values are right now. Here's the second way, the throwback machine. For this way to detect your values, let's go way back into your childhood. Think about the messages you got when you were growing up. What did people talk about? What did they complain about? How did they act without even saying anything that let you know what they valued and by default what they expected you to value? Honesty was a big message I got as a kid. My parents must have said a dozen times, because I remember it clearly, doing something wrong is bad enough. Lying about it is worse. I learned that lesson really clearly. So that was one of the messages I got. You can also look to where people complained. Where did they fight with each other? And ask yourself, what's underneath that complaint or that fight? If I think about some of the complaints and fights I saw growing up, not only at home, but also in school, I think a lot of them were about freedom and autonomy and just asserting one's own presence. A lot of times people just fought or struggled to sort of say, hey, I'm here too. My opinion matters too. So that's a value that I could look at and say, hmm, Do I want to carry that on in my work life as an adult? Freedom, autonomy, that was at the essence of what was going on in those struggles. So honesty, freedom, autonomy, these are things that I picked up in the ether when I was growing up. And so start thinking about it for yourself. What did you pick up in the ether? And then really think, does this value go to my essence? And does it create resonance? If not, don't carry it on in the rest of your life. Because remember, we're not using values as your sense of morals or your personal philosophy or some sort of judgment on whether or not you are a good person. Although that's a valid way to define values, it's not the one we're using in this case. We are using values to mean the qualities that define you at the core of your being. Without these things, you would not be you, essential and resonant to you. It's useful to know what your values are because they can help you make choices about what you commit to in your life and in your work. If you commit time and energy to something that violates or even neglects one of your core values, you might start to feel resentful and frustrated. I know I do. If you are not honoring your values and your choices of activities and relationships and things that you do at work, 
you will likely feel that nagging feeling that something is missing in your life. At a high level, this is how values help us thrive in the modern world of work. For more specific ways to use your values, once you know what they are, hop on over to the other 5 and 5 I recorded for 5 ways of using your values to do things like make confident decisions, lever up to your next level at work, and chart your path to fulfillment. Here's the third way. Well, the third way is actually three little mini exercises that I and many professional coaches use in our intake process when we are bringing on a new client. So here are the three mini exercises. What drives you nuts? What has to be there? And invisible values. First one up. What drives you nuts or makes you crazy, angry, or frustrated? Often, when you're in a situation that makes you exceptionally angry or frustrated, there's something about the situation or what people are doing in the situation that violates one of your values. So you can do this right now. So just think about one of those situations. Got it? Okay, I'm going to ask you just a few questions and pause so you can think about it. In that situation that makes you angry, frustrated, crazy, whatever, what is really at the core of your feelings? What is it at the bottom of everything that is being violated for you? What is being stepped on about who you are? What is it about the situation that you cannot live with? Okay, so when you answer those questions, you might get some clues in those answers of what value of yours is at stake when you're in those situations that drive you nuts or have you be angry or frustrated. And from there, you could ask yourself the question, which of these values are really core to me? And because they're core to me, when they get violated, I get pissed. That is a place to look. Okay, mini exercise number two. What has to be there? So think about this. What has to be part of the way you live, your life? What has to be part of the way you work your work for you to be who you are? In what way do you have to live and work regardless regardless of what anyone else says or does. So if you're starting to get an answer for that question, that could also be a place to look for values, what has to be there. Here's the third mini exercise. It's called invisible values. And because they're invisible, you can't see them, which means you need other people to help with this one. There are things that are so totally you that you take them for granted and others may notice them about you, and they may use it as a characteristic to describe you. So on this one, call up two or three people who are close to you and tell them you're trying to identify your values, the things that make you you. Ask them what they believe may be the things that are most important to you. This is eye-opening on two levels. Number one, you get to see how other people see you. And number two, they may reveal to you something that is so totally you and something that is absolutely a core value and there was no way you could see it alone. So those are the three mini exercises. Now, 
When you do these mini exercises, feel free to play with the results. If you see through these exercises words that jump out at you like connectedness, like relaxation, like purpose, anything like that, then you can start to ask yourself what's important about those values words and feel free to move beyond a word. I often make my values statements, little phrases, little pellets of dry ice with lots of meaning packed in. And I'll give you an example. One of my current values is something called safe in beauty. The phrase safe in beauty. And that has a lot of meaning packed in it for me. It reminds me that rest and relaxation are actually part of the work. And for me to work at my best, I have to have that. And that the place I get that most easily is in nature, but also in other places like a beautiful statue or a person who can sit down with me and have a very genuine conversation. These are all ways that I am safe in beauty. So that's an example. See, I told you, this doesn't have to make sense to anyone but you. As long as it helps you connect to what's resonant and essential for you, it'll work. And what we're going for is that when you know this, you'll be able to more consciously navigate all the things that get thrown at you in a typical day at work. Here's number four, time travel. With this one, you're going to take a peek into the past and a leap into the future. First, the peek into the past into the peak experiences you have had. Those times in your life when everything was just flowing. There may have been challenges and yet you were still on a roll. These experiences may have lasted a few minutes, hours, or a few weeks. Pick one of the peak experiences in your life. It does not have to be the best one, just anyone that comes to mind. So once you have that peak experience in your mind, then I'm going to offer you seven questions so you can really understand what was happening for you and what values were going on at the time. Now, I'm just going to rapid fire these questions. So when you do this, come back to this audio and just listen to each question and pause and write down whatever comes to you. So with the peak experience in your mind, here we go with the questions. What was important about what was happening? What values were you honoring at the time? What was passionate about that experience? What made the experience flow? What held your interest in that experience? What created commitment and enthusiasm in that experience? Who were you being in that experience? So what you'll do is think about your peak experience and then ask these questions, jot down anything that comes to mind, and then do this two or three more times, two or three more peak experiences that you can think about from your past. And once you do that, you'll have a bunch of information. You can go cruising that information to look for the values that were present when things were flowing and your life was resonant. Okay. Now, the leap into the future. You're going to take a leap into the future where you will meet a powerful ally, your future self. Someone who knows you and who knows your values. 
For this, a guided visualization is necessary, so I created one for you. Look for the link in the show notes for the bonus episode. Then sit back, relax, hit the play button, and let yourself be guided to meet that powerful ally, your future self. Here's the fifth way. Look to your ways of working. Modern ways of working are now based on values that honor and uphold the human being. They are relatable human values, like commitment, like respect, like focus. So just take a moment to acknowledge how incredible that is. As far as I know, up to this modern era, business didn't give a wit about human values. It was all about efficiency and quality within certain tolerances, and that was pretty much it. The human was inconsequential. And now the recognition of the human being central has dawned on us, and our business ways of working are now based on human values. So just take a moment to notice that you were alive for that massive shift in our work life. These human-centered values are baked into the way modern frameworks and technologies work. Agile and lean frameworks for collaborative creation, such as Scrum, XP, Kanban, based on human values. Social technologies for human-centered approaches to governance, decision-making, and operations, such as sociocracy and holacracy, based on human values. So let me give you two examples. Scrum, which is an agile framework for collaborative creation, has five core values that are very relatable and human. The Scrum Guide says specifically, successful use of Scrum depends on people becoming more proficient in living five values, commitment, focus, openness, respect, and courage. These are relatable, aren't they? Wouldn't you want the value of respect for yourself? And isn't it nice to know that the way you're working is actually based on that human value? Now let me give you another example. Sociocracy 3.0, or S3 for short, says, Values are valued principles that guide behavior. Values define scope for action and ethical constraints. In S3, the underpinning are seven statements of principles. The principle of effectiveness, the principle of consent, the principle of empiricism, of continuous improvement, of equivalence, of accountability, and of transparency. Values can be defined in many ways. One person's transparency is not the other person's transparency. So if you are considering using the values at the foundations of the way you work as a jumping off point for your own, this is where I encourage you to go to the source. In this case, First, get the exact definitions, the exact definitions from the creators of these frameworks and social technologies so you can consider what they mean and so you can see if you are willing to allow your personal values to align with them or allow them to introduce you to personal values that you didn't even know you were holding. I've made this easy by giving you links in the show notes so that you can get the definitions for Scrum and S3. You're on your own to find the values definitions for the other frameworks you may be using at work. 
I just marvel that we are now in an era where the ways we work can be in alignment in a powerful way with our own personal values and that we don't have to sacrifice every single day at work. From the Lead Together book, I think they say it best. We cannot create unless we are not constantly renegotiating our values. So this is the end of the five and five on detecting your values, where I've given you five different, very different ways for detecting your personal values so you can know them and enact them in your work life. Find the other five and five I recorded for five ways to use your values to do things like make confident decisions, lever up to your next level at work, and chart your path to fulfillment. Just a few ways to thrive in the modern world of work. I hope you found the 5 and 5 interesting, but mostly I hope you found it useful for thriving in the modern world of work. If you think I can help your organization thrive, visit me at lisaatkins.com. But here's the tricky part. You have to know how to spell it. It's L-Y-S-S-A-A-D-K-I-N-S dot com. <laughs>